everybody. Welcome to another special bike test episode of the Mountain Bike Podcast presented by Worldwide Cyclery. If you ever need bike parts or gear, those are the folks that can get you taken care of. Go to worldwidecyclery.com. Like I said, this is a special episode. A mini. Yes, a mini episode. Un petit episode. <laughs> You're going through all the languages. Uh, just French and Spanish so far. And next is going to be Afrikaans or something interesting. Maybe. I, maybe. I'm You'll have the, to see. I'm putting the pressure on you. <laughs> it's going to uh, be Polish. <laughs> So this is the mountain bike podcast where we talk about mountain bikes, but this is like we mentioned a special episode. We went to Sedona mountain bike festival and tested a bunch of bikes that you requested. Uh, we tested them in such a ways to get the first impressions of the bikes, but really to nail down its behavioral characteristics, not to, not to debate its, its component spec. Oh, it's GX Eagle was so cheap. Yeah, oh, exactly. how dare they? Yeah, yeah no, exactly. we didn't do that. No, uh, this isn't a long-term review, yeah. but we do feel like we were able to get a really good idea on how these bikes behave, what they do well, what they do poorly, and in what terrain they would be best suited or what terrain they are not best suited. Yeah. Or I should say you could find a better choice. Our little eight mile check loop definitely helped us suss out the, the pros and cons of every bike that we rode. How did that check loop go? Walk us through it really quickly, roughly just a, yeah. a, an overview. So as we left from the park, we had about a, um, it was, it wasn't a half mile. It was probably, you know, three tenths of a mile of nice descent on the pavement. You know, we could play around with, you know, loading it into corners, just kind of doing the mm -hmm. bro thing back and forth, surfing it down the pavement, yep. you know, figuring out how the suspension would feel. And then we crossed over and then had some pretty gnarly climbing. Yep. Which, uh, you know, there was a couple spots that were super steep. <laughs> yeah, they were. Um, yeah. And so that really allowed us to take all variation of trail out of what the climbing characteristics of the bike were. And we could really suss out the different, you know, pedaling positions. Yeah. You know, we were flipping <clears throat> levers like crazy yeah. on bikes at that point. We yeah. were like, how does it do open? How does it do in trail? How does it do in, in climb or yeah. whatever else these brands call it? And then the auxiliary switches that they had on top of that in some cases, we yeah. had to test those out too. So yep. lots of lever flipping. Yeah. So, and that also allowed us to get, to make sure that, Hey, you know, I need more air. I need, you know, less stack height. I need the saddle to come forward. I need, you know, so basically it allowed us to really kind of fine tune the bike for us before we even got to the dirt. Yep. The once we got to the dirt, it was more or less, it was, um, I guess when we, we had the typical Southwest ledgy terrain. Yeah. It was just a bunch of ledges going up that we were climbing up. It was all on pretty much solid rock the whole way. Yeah. And we would just hit anywhere between, you know, some of them were as short as four inches. Some were, you know, a couple of them that, you know, I almost made it up a couple of times, but otherwise we were walking was yep. 36 to 40 inches tall. Yeah. Very tall. Yeah. Um, that, and then after that, it, we got into a hole we had, it was cleanly segmented, like mm -hmm. it would be like consistent for a bit and then it would change and then consistent. Consistent. It, 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 we were able to ride these bikes on a huge variety of terrain and chances are it, at some point on that loop, your type of terrain that you ride listening to this podcast was represented. Absolutely. And we were able to really run these bikes through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, today we are talking about the Kona process 153 and the pivot switchblade. Yes. Uh, I'll run through the data on the Kona. I rode that one because mm -hmm. I'm a bro. And I like to ride big, gnarly bikes, of course. Okay. Know. Yeah. Uh, so that one, 27.5 wheels, 160 front travel, 153 of rear travel. Is that why they call it the process 153? There we are. Imagine that. Yeah. 66 degree head tube angle, 425 millimeter chainstay length. So actually pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. 
and a bottom bracket height of 348. Which is pretty tall. It is. Yeah. Yeah, which is, uh, and we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah. How about you with the switchblade? So on the switchblade, um, the setup that I rode was 150 in the front, 135 in the rear, Mm -hmm. 66 and a half degree head tube angle. Okay. um, And then the 428 millimeter chain stays and a 337 millimeter bottom bracket height. Gotcha. Now- just so we're clear, I rode mine with 29-inch wheels, mm. but it had the 12-millimeter lower cup from the 27.5 version. Ah, uh, so, so... So I had more effective stack. This one is called the Switchblade because you can switch the wheels over. Yes, but I rode it in 29 form. And the other uh, other way is 27.5 plus. Yes. Um, and when they do that, they go to the 27.5 plus, they add a spacer in between the fork, the crown of the fork and the frame. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And it raises the frame up a little bit further. So you had that, unfortunately, installed yeah. on the bike. So that was installed on the demo bike, but I rode it in 29-inch wheeled form. Okay. So I didn't ride it as a typical 29er, but if you're going to go back and forth, people are usually going to keep that that bearing pressed in or yes. that bearing race pressed in yep. for the 27.5s and then just switch wheels back and pain. forth. <laughs> it's a pain to deal with going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, I could see people actually keeping that in place if they like to hire stack, whether it's for flexibility issues or... Or anything else like that. True, they which is like exactly not what I wanted, okay. but yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into, like we said, what these bikes uh, do well and what they don't do well. And then we'll talk about the training, which they're best suited after that. Yeah. Um, I must, so as we've mentioned previously, I, we didn't look at the stats beforehand on these bikes, but I must admit I had preconceived notions about the Kona beforehand. Well, you were you were just thinking Kona stinky probably. Yeah. I was thinking like Kona, it's going to be just, uh, it's going to boat its way through everything going Mm -hmm. down and going up. It's going to be sluggish and it's going to do all that. But Hey, the thing could ride over a school bus at any, at any speed it chooses. So who cares? Right. Children be damned. (laughs) It's going (laughs) over that school bus. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's like what I, that's what I had in mind and I was wrong. Like mm-hmm. very wrong. Okay. This bike behaved very differently and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I must admit I was expecting a sluggish bike, mm-hmm. but what I got was a bike that yes, it was very smooth. Yes. It smoothed out a lot of chunky terrain. Um, but it didn't do so at the cost of making it feel sluggish or anything else. Yeah. Um, it was, I was shocked and I feel like what that bike did really well, it was, it was an efficient pedaler, which is crazy. I, I didn't think I would say that about a Kona, yeah. but I, I don't know if they had the, oh gosh, I don't know if it's called like the, the dual progressive rate or whatever else they call it. But basically if you were to graph how the bike moves through its suspension and the force required to do that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's progressive for a bit and then it actually kind of flattens out and it's not progressive. And then it's progressive again, mm-hmm. like evil, their bikes have that, for yes. example. Um, this bike, it felt like had that because you had this, this initial bit of travel that was, that made it really supple when you were going over stuff. But at the same time, it, it, when you sat on the thing and was, were pedaling uphill, it kind of sat in a specific spot and it didn't want to go much further down, which was actually really helpful. So it gave you a little bit more pedaling efficiency before mm-hmm. blowing into the softer hard hit type suspension. Yeah. Because with some bikes, like it's, it's, it's really plush and everything else, but then you're pedaling and it's, it's bobby, mm-hmm. it blows through the stroke. Then when you have like situations like the ledgy stuff that we are riding and you have to press into the bike and get some energy out of it to mantle up stuff. Yeah. The those bikes, a lot of the time, just don't give you anything back. So you yeah. have to work really hard and they're really tiring bikes to ride mm-hmm. unless you're going straight through really chunky stuff. Yes. And then they're really good at going down that. 
Uh, this bike was still really good at chunky stuff. Yeah. It was very well behaved. Like it didn't get thrown offline very, very much at all, mm-hmm. but, uh, it still climbed surprisingly well. It was, it was efficient and I was really shocked. I did not expect that. So what did it do? I don't want to say poorly. What did it not yeah. do well? Yeah. Um, cause it seems kind of a quandary already. Yeah. It's so <clears throat> I felt like it's still a Kona in some respects. And what I mean by that is like, it still lives up to, to its name, which the stability that it had going downhill, a lot of it came from a longer wheelbase that it had there. Um, and or at least a perceived longer wheelbase, it did feel a little long in that okay. tight section that we had in the trees where it was mostly smooth trail, but it was just tight kind of rolly stuff. Mm-hmm. There were uh, in those turns, I was like, Oh man, I'm really having to work hard to get this bike or like really make sure that I get around this turn. Whereas before it was just like, I was thought, and it was done on certain bikes. This one felt a little longer. Okay. So I feel like if you're riding really tight terrain, Uh, that's climbing up or like going down that isn't very technical. It's just kind of tight. I feel like that wouldn't be a great choice. And then obviously, I mean, if you're buying a 160 mil front bike and 153 mil rear, this bike would just be way, I feel like it's not a great choice if you're not riding technical terrain, like gnarly stuff. It's just a little bit, this bike, um, way too overgunned. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I would feel for it. Okay. Um, th- now, but some, some interesting stuff on this one that I want that I want to sh- show through. It had a higher bottom bracket height. And I wonder if that's intentional to avoid pedal strokes. Cause I did find myself somewhat shocked that I wasn't getting pedal strokes. I had no clue what the bottom bracket height was beforehand, mm-hmm. but they were very minimal. Um, this bike, when you put it into the pedal mode and trail mode, I feel like <clears> it behaved very well. Okay. So this is a bike where you're going to be flipping switches. If you're doing some climbing and descending, Mm -hmm. if you're just shuttling with your bros, doesn't matter. But if you are in a situation where you're going to be doing some climbing and descending and riding normal trails, you're going to be flipping that lever somewhat regularly. Yeah. Um, but this bike, I feel like was a confidence booster for a lot of folks that maybe are really nervous and technical rough terrain. Man, this bike would be very good for that sort of a scenario. If you're going to be like, uh, let's say you're going to like gnarly bike park terrain or anything else like that. And you're pretty nervous about that. This is the type of bike that would be good for that. Gotcha. So, so this definitely adds a little skill set If you, if yes, yeah. makes okay. up for a skills gap, so to speak, okay. if you have one. Yeah. Um, but it's not a, it's not a limousine and it's not a waterbed like I expected. <laughs> so, it's fair. uh, it's much more active. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's how I would describe the Kona, uh, time for the pivot. Yeah. So with the pivot, this was one of the ones that like, in the moment of riding, you were getting very frustrated at me. <laughs> I, well, I just kept asking questions. So, um, trying to get you to probe deeper. Yeah. Because I couldn't figure out this bike. Yeah. I couldn't figure out what the switchblade wanted to be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Obviously the fact that they build this bike around the idea of doing 27.5 plus and 29, they're trying to build this bike to do a variety of different things, to have a, a more broad base of characteristics you know, that are, I guess not characteristics, a broad base of, of diversity for riding. Yep. So that instantly tells me that this bike isn't going to have, oh my God, it does this amazing. Yeah. Oh my God, it does that amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be good at a lot of things. And that's what I felt about this bike. I had a, I had a hard time distinguishing what it was amazing at yeah. until I really stepped back after the fact and you kept, you know, probing and probing and probing. Yeah. Um, so, but at the end of the day, this thing descended really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being that it's a 150 bike. What did it do well on the descents? Was it like really composed or did it feel like very precise or, 
or what did it, what it did was, it do well? It was so weird that this bike's suspension felt plush uh-huh. yet supportive at the same time. So, okay. so on a descent, I felt that if I, if I pushed it into a rock garden and tried to hit some of the rougher lines, yeah. it was fine with that. It was, it, it did it. Okay. It did it. It did it well. Mm-hmm. Let's not say great, but it did yeah. it well. Okay. But then when I came to like on jump line, when I was, you know, just pushing it into corners and trying to find the traction limit of the tires, it would pop right out of the corner and just huh. like, so it was weird how the bike just kind of had this dual characteristic with the suspension. Huh. So it's, it's, it's like playful, but at the same time, it didn't get upset at all when you were going no. through chunky it, stuff. And the rear end never wanted to dance around and wander on me. It's, it definitely stayed in line. Um, those are good characteristics. Yeah. So that's the thing is this, you know, when I say that, I don't know what to say about this bike. Yeah. It's hard because the bike really was, is a good bike. It just was kind of just underwhelming at its limits. It didn't feel like there was something overwhelmingly amazing about it, but gotcha. it was okay. a really good bike. So what didn't it do well then? Or in what, in what situation, I guess, would you say like, Oh, this bike would not be a good choice. When it came to technical climbing, I felt that the rear end liked, you know, it stayed planted. It was good, you know, for traction wise, the rear end was good at getting up and over the ledges, but I had to work the bike a little bit more than some other bikes. Mm-hmm. So I felt like there was a lot more effort being put in to get it back out of it in those climbing situations. Gotcha. But I also, felt that with this bike, one, I had that 12 millimeter extended lower, you know, headset bearing race. Yeah. It had the taller headset dust cap on the top. Yeah. So even after dumping all of the stack out of the bike, getting the stem as low as I could on there, I still felt like I needed 15 to 20 millimeters more to drop. get that drop down. Yeah. Because I felt that the front end, while the rear end would stay stable, the front end just kind of, especially at low speed technical wandered. climbing, wandered a lot. So it, the front end wandered a bit. And then it sounds like if you put energy into the bike when you were techni- or doing technical climbs, like mantle up stuff... It didn't give you back as much as you wanted. Yeah. The front end would not give it back to me nearly as much as I wanted. And the rear end was like, okay, well, I don't really care. I'm still going to go up it anyway. Yeah. So, so it seemed like I was just being sapped of power left and right, left and right. So it was a little cumbersome to ride on the climbs. I feel like both of these bikes are kind of like they would make up for that skills gap. Absolutely. Like in the sense that they're, they're bikes that if you are, if you're riding average trails that verge on gnarly, then they're probably a good choice. Absolutely. Uh, if you, and I know that seems logical because of the travel and everything else they have, but what I mean by that is that they're very composed in, in technical chunky stuff when you're going down. They, I, I don't, I didn't feel like a lot of pedal kickback at all when yeah. I was like, and it didn't stall when I climbed on the Kona. Yeah. Um, I don't think you felt that no. on the pivot. And, and what's crazy is for 11 mils less bottom bracket height, I actually felt that this bike still, I did not have pedal strike issues at all with. Interesting. And I definitely noticed that. There was a couple spots where, where we go up and over this little, there's like these little knolls and there's like little pyramid shaped boulders sticking out of the ground that yeah. wanted to just like bash chain rings and pedals and everything. They had quite a lot of scars yeah. on them. <laughs> and this bike definitely did not, you know, have any issue in that section. I, I noticed that for sure. Interesting. Okay. So, huh. but it definitely liked to climb. So it definitely liked to climb and then it felt super composed on the descents. Okay. Um, so I guess if this is a bike and we're going to talk about another switch bladey bike in the sense that it, it can switch from one to the other at another point, um, in this, but, uh, if you're looking for a bike that has like a lot of versatility in terms of setup like that, sure. But I think in most cases people just pick a wheel size and stick with it with those bikes. Typically. Yeah. You know, um, but, uh, with this bike, I feel like, or with both 
both of these bikes, the Kona Process 153 and then the, the Switchblade by Pivot. I feel like both of them, if you are going to be riding chunky terrain and if you have a moment of honesty with yourself and you think, yeah, I'm not as good as my friends or I'm not good enough for the trails that I ride regularly. These are going to give you that little percent extra. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd say the Kona is going to be even more calm on those terrain, on that terrain than the pivot. Absolutely. Um, but if you want something that feels perhaps a bit more lively then the pivot would be uh, a better choice between these two. Yes, absolutely. All right. That covers it for this special episode of the mountain bike podcast presented by worldwide cyclery. Remember worldwidecyclery.com for all things, bike parts and gear. Have a nice weekend. Hey guys, Jonathan here. Just wanted to thank you again for listening and let you know that if you like the song that you're hearing now and the one that you heard in the intro, it comes from Wave Riders Entertainment, my good friend Tommy Walter. Check it out if you're looking for more beats like this or some awesome tracks to listen to. We'll talk to you next week.